Hello, everyone. My name's Hank Suttala. And I'm Brian Daniel Edwards. And we're here with another fun episode of Midnight Meanderings. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is by far one of uh, a treat for me because I get to see Brian uh, once a week now. It used to be that I would go months without talking to him, and now weekly I get a dose of squirrel shenanigans. We call him squirrel because you'll see he's all over the place, but it's a term of endearment. Brian, you already uh, messaged me. You had a couple interesting things going on this week. What's going on in your neck of the world that you want to talk about? Oh, it all ties in. I mean, uh, wow, what a week. Um, uh, but it, it has to do with indigenous rights and the indigenous community and oppression. So uh, kind of on par for, you know, what's going on in the world uh, with the, you know, the riots going on, the protests going on. So um, I can start getting into stories, but uh, one little shenanigan last night. Uh, this is kind of interesting. So I'm crossing to get to the other side of the island. You can drive the belt road, which goes around the outside. That takes forever. Speed limits are 35 and 45, or you can go over the uh, the saddle road up over the mountain. Uh, so at the base of Mauna Kea, I'm driving over the mountain and there's a ram with like long curls at the side of the road. Um, and I, it, it was dead. Uh, I'm like, oh, man. So I came back over after a session. And um, as I was driving back, I stopped and I got myself a shofar. Uh, so that was a pretty interesting experience. Oh, a what? So, uh, are you familiar with the shofar? I am not. Okay. This to the Hebrews or um, in, the, uh, in the Hebrew tradition, the shofar is the voice of God. Or that is the uh, the antler horn, well, not antler, but uh, horn that they used to bring down the walls of Jericho. Uh, so it can be made out of a kadu, uh, it can be made out of an ibex or a ram. You know, there's very specific uh, criteria. It has to be a kosher animal, and even though beef is kosher, it cannot be made out of a beef horn. Uh, because of the golden calf incident. They don't want to uh, invoke the wrath of God um, by using the cattle horn. Uh, so here here I am at the side of the road, you know, late at night, and I got my machete out, and I'm, like, grabbing this guy by, by the horn. <laughs> I'm hacking. And, I mean, I, I, I can only imagine what people driving by thought. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't pretty. It... Um, didn't smell nice, but uh, I now have a shofar from the base of Monica. Only you. Only you. <laughs> yeah, my, my life is beyond interesting. Yeah. We have a couple of people just joining us. Mike, hello. Thank you for joining us. Mary Ford's checking in with a hey. So glad that you are able to join us. And there is a, a new thing now. If you go to stircrazyshamans.com, we have the video embedded in our website and the ability to comment right there. Now, on mobile, sometimes it doesn't work out. 
uh, I'm not sure why, but if you're on a desktop, you should be able to watch from the Stir Crazy Shaman website now. So definitely check that out. But thank you everyone for joining us. And now what are you planning on doing with this uh, newly acquired animal trinket? Uh, have you seen my shofar I had when I was back on the mainland? Oh, wait, is that? It no. was that big spiral horn. Okay, I, I guess I vaguely saw you using it one time. So now you got yeah. it. Okay. Well, fun. Uh, yeah, it, it goes along with the Fibonacci spiral, uh, the Fibonacci sequence, uh, along with my shell that I have, or in Hawaiian, a pu'u. And how do you spell uh, this shofar? How does that spelled, if you know? S-H-O-F-A-R. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I got a picture I'll bring up here just to give people a visual because I really had no clue what it was, so I'm sure I'm not the only one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be great to share. There we go. So here is the what it, whoops, what it looks like. For that those is people. a kudu horn, and it oh, has the, the richest, the best sound out of them. Okay, so this isn't the one that you have. Uh, no. Well, that's the one I had back on the mainland. Uh, so yeah, it would be more like those, um, like a ram's horn. Okay. Well, hey, let me get a. Oh, he's got it. Okay, of course. Now we're going to get a demonstration. That's what we were really after, anyhow. And I, I got a story to tell about horns and conch shells once he comes back. Let me get rid of this screen share. So uh, be, while you get that ready, Brian, let me just tell them when one of the things that we do in the shamanic apprenticeship program is I would take people out to this winery underneath. Uh, uh, well, we, underneath this winery was uh, the largest crystal geode in the world or one of the largest. And while we're down there, uh, he brought his conch shell. He brought an extra one. And I had one. So we had like three conch shells and a crystal bowl, uh, which I actually had out. I wonder if I knew this was going to come up. I'm not sure. But and a crystal bowl. And we're down there like blowing these conch shells, ringing bowls. I'm sitting there thinking, I hope we don't like collapse this cave. Uh, <laughs> And but it was like a, a really powerful experience, and um, I, I can't explain it. If you ever have an opportunity to use a conch shell or something like he's about to demonstrate, it really has this ability to like clear out any heavy vibrations and really almost open up a an energy portal that allows you to connect, if, if, for lack of a better explanation. Oh, th this one isn't ready to. Oh, um, yeah, it, it's still got the good stuff on the inside. Um, I mean, this is freshly harvested, but that is what I got from the base of Mauna Kea. Very cool. Well, I, I can't leave people wanting, so I'm going to just ring the bowl a little bit. Yeah. We go. Well, I, I can go grab my, my shell, and that does not smell pretty right now. And this is particularly a frequency that helps to open up the pineal gland and uh, allows it to come into resonance. So it's really good to allow you to start tapping into your gifts. Oh, and Mary, you can't see the YouTube comments, so I got to show you. Mary, Mike is saying, Mary, I need my bars run, but I don't think Mary's going to make it to the uh, clinic this time. And then uh, Mary was saying the Fibonacci frequency opens on up. In fact, Fibonacci, it, it's... Um, it is all about micro frequencies so it starts with like two tones and it keeps going in at the spiral or whatnot and i find that the uh, fibonacci tuning fork set is exceptionally good at helping people with addictions and my my analogy is it kind of 
dives down in and gets them in touch with that god energy. It's kind of like make, giving them a lifeline to source. And if they have that lifeline, they can pull themselves out of the addiction. So um, if you have any clients or anything that are suffering with addictions, that is definitely something that you can um, that you can leverage. And if you have someone that's really stubborn and you can't like get them in to do a tuning fork session, there is a CD by Jill Matson called Paint Your Soul. And it is a uh, Solfeggio, reverse Solfeggio, and Fibonacci frequencies that are all um, underneath the music, and you can just play it in the background, and they don't even know that they're getting, you know, enlightened. <laughs> all right. So this is my shell. I actually got this in Mexico. Uh, so, yeah, this has come on some journeys with me. I mean, it's been with me almost a decade, well, 2014 is when this one came to me very cool uh, no. you remember i took one to all this is actually the one that was in the crystal cave absolutely can, can you give it a toot or is it gonna um here we go How does it get any better than that? <laughs> yeah. So they used these in Mexico, not necessarily this type. When I went back in 2018, the Michikas would use these to clear out the chakras like I had intuitively been doing. So I would put this on the heart and third eye crown chakras and use it like an energetic sledgehammer. Well, then when I went there, the Toltecs and Michikas were using that exact uh, technique. So I was, I was pretty excited to see that I, I kind of um, wasn't the only one that got that idea. And that's a great testament. If you have an intuitive knowing about stuff, give yourself some credit. You're an infinite being. You might just know a thing or two, and then you get cool little validations down the line. Um, really cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Mary was saying, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And uh, also to Mike that she... Oh, she can uh, hook you up with the uh, the bars so you can connect with her. You guys just aren't talking on the same platform, so I got to be a mediator. But message each other, and then you can work that out. <laughs> awesome. So what else? I know that was just uh, the beginning of your uh, weekly shenanigans. What what else were you um, wanting to touch on tonight? Oh, okay. Um, so I, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. Um, there's so many people that are plastic shamans and fake spiritual and think their shit don't stink. Uh, and it, it really comes out. It's really obvious here. I mean, well, it is anywhere in any crowd. You have these people that, you know, you go, I just took the biggest shit of my life. Mm. Oh, yes, brother. I no. feel Oh, oh Brian, yeah. I want to remind you of something because uh, I well we can swear of course, uh, but we have been uploading these afterwards to iTunes, and they have this pesky little algorithm that scans your stuff and it can reject your episodes. So though you can swear, it may result <laughs> it may result in us not being able to upload the podcast afterwards. Yeah, uh, well we'll, we'll be fine. Like, let's have the audio. Of it, but, 
But iTunes had already uh, already rejected like uh, two of them because we dropped off bombs in the episode. Maybe maybe that were, the S word isn't so bad, but uh, we don't want to be a little bit mindful just so we can um, uh, Wait, be able to. They rejected up. our past episodes. No, not ours. I, on, on another oh. episode, like um, Casey, he just dropped an F bomb out of nowhere because he was telling a story, and like he caught himself right afterwards. He's like, "Oh, oh no!" And at that point, we weren't even planning to upload it to iTunes. We didn't even think about that yet. But as I've been going through the archives, a, a couple of the episodes got rejected, and it's one we are, um, depending on the amount of swearing in it, it can get rejected. So, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you can do it. It's just like they won't like you have to label it. Your show is explicit in order to be able to do it. And since we aren't labeled as explicit, well, maybe I should just label it as explicit. I don't know. Yeah, well, let's let's go for the go- glory. <laughs> but uh, Mary said, oh, my God, no wonder. I felt like watery consciousness traveling and opening up into the cosmos and back. Very cool. What's the context of that? When we did I the show? Know. I believe so. And just the, the explanation of how um, it clears out the chakras is, I believe, what she was oh, talking yeah. about. Yeah. And Mike, I, that's out of context. I'm not going to put that up, but I, uh, maybe it might, might, I'll throw it up. Why not? It's midnight meanderings. There's no um, nothing out of context. Mike says, do, do the cops know that I'm watching them? Don't know, Mike. But if you have to ask that question, you might be too close. Do the cops know that you're watching that? Yeah. Where, where are you? What, what shenanigans are you up to? He drives for like Uber, Lyft, um, and all those types of things, and so he's out in the city. So like, I'm getting updates from him all the time when things are shut down and freeways you can't go on them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Mary said I got it. And then what? After the fun at home, was glad you came on. Absolutely, Mike. We're glad we're here for you. <laughs> so. Oh, where to even start? Um, I'll, I'll leave out the names to protect the the dumbass dumb <laughs> people. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of stepping back into that warrior. Let's call him Steve. You can just let's just assign a name, Steve. You can call him that. <laughs> Damn you and your intuition, huh? Um, <laughs> oh shoot! I'm sorry. Okay, well, that, well. That, that's actually not that. That's uh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it later. But that's like really kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it happens all the time. Anyway, uh, t- talk about like 100% validation. Wow. So, um, yeah, crazy shenanigans here. People come and. Um, at one place, these people put on in a community, it w- had the feel of like a new world order timeshare sales pitch. And they talked about how we're all going to party into the future. And I mean, they had some really good ideas with automation and way we can improve it. Uh, but then they started talking about how Bill Gates is on board and, you know, these, these rich people are backing it. It's like, whoa, okay. Uh, when there's money like that coming in, there, there's alternative motives there. Uh, so there, there are CIA plants here stirring up com, you know, problems in the community. Um, uh, but then they, they were talking about turning uh, the Hawaiian Islands into a spiritual Disney world where everybody can come and have this spiritual fun adventure. Yeah. Why, why don't we just put it on top of their graveyards and, you know, call it a day. You know, uh, it's, you know, and I, I think Mauna Kea would be in the way. So we should just bulldoze that mountain and they can, you know, put, you know, like, 
<laughs> the actual Hawaiians that listened to this were like deeply appalled. So every season you get this wave of new age people that want to be all hippy dippy and aren't like genuine. I mean, maybe they think they're being genuine, uh, but they come in and they think because they have some brand of spirituality that they own the island. And the original inhabitants get pretty upset about it. Uh, and, and I mean, this is just a story around the world. Uh, Hawaiians, as a warrior culture, have been strong and held on to their traditions. Uh, even though genocide was done, at one point in time, they're down to 200,000 people. Total Hawaiian people. The rest of them got slaughtered, killed off, and disease, you know, germ warfare put on them by the colonizers. So when Captain Cook came, they just started wiping them out. And not only the people, the, not, you know, the, the, the plants and the trees. Uh, the myth, uh, well, I mean, yeah, the myth of how the Tahitians found this island, the Ali'i, the ruling class that came and enslaved the original people of the island, uh, they followed the smell of the sandalwoods. Hawaii was covered with sandalwood, and they followed the smell for a very long ways through the ocean and sailed to Hawaii. Even Captain Cook's logs talked about the smell of sandalwood. And um, sandalwood was a really prized thing because you can make essential oils with it, and there was all kinds of uh, benefits to it, to the point now where the trees are poached so badly that the essential oil is really, really expensive because of the, the shortage of the trees. Anyway, I digress. And Mary yeah. was making a Moana joke saying, stop uh, stop trying to steal the heart of Tafiti." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so they wiped out the sandalwood. In fact, the Hawaiian sandalwood is almost extinct. Uh, they're starting to try and repropagate it. And there's a few plantations on the Kona side uh, by Young's Living and Duterra of growing. They have to wait for these trees to get at least 60 years old uh, to be able to harvest them. So they're working on trying to get the numbers up. There's some other efforts to reforest the islands with the native plants. Uh, but, I mean, it, it totally wiped out their way of life. It totally almost wiped out their people. Uh, so, I mean, even the annexation of Hawaii, they captured the queen and arrested the queen and basically did a coup and took over Hawaii. Hawaii was and is a sovereign nation. There's the sovereign Hawaiians here. The, the Hawaiian kingdom still exists. They're an occupied territory. They're not actually a state. Hawaii is not a state. It's an occupied territory. Hmm. Uh, yeah, their culture has been snuffed out. But luckily, they're coming back. They've remembered their language. They're writing it down. They're bringing their culture forward. Their language is now being taught in school. So it's coming back in a very strong way. And it's a great thing. And it's a really shining beacon for the indigenous people around the world. Uh, and I mean, nobody really pays attention to, you, you have one black guy killed and 
the country wants to ride. I mean, granted, a lot of that is um, hyped up. They're busing in people into the cities just to cause mayhem. Yeah, the COVID isn't working. Let, let's uh, start a race war. So a lot of that's what that was. But look at what's Cleveland's baseball team? Cleveland Indians. Yeah. Like people know that the North American natives didn't come from India, right? They're not Indians. They're not from India. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's like a terrible racial slur to use on them because they're not from India. That was when Columbus arrived and thought he landed in India. He called them Indians. Um, so no, nobody cares. Like, if you were to use an improper term for any of the other races, everybody would get all upset. Oh, it's just Native Americans, whatever. Look at the Chief Wahoo caricature. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's not even a close representation. The guy looks like a clown. Chief Wahoo? How racist is that? Yeah, well, they did finally, I believe they were phasing that out, and I think they already had the last year that they were using it. Now it's just the eye, but still, I, yeah. I mean, if that just happened, good grief. Can you yep. imagine if we had a, a baseball team because, you know, the first, you know, it was a team that first had a, a black eye on it and they had a Jim Crow era caricature? We got a oh question God. from Mary here. How would we learn more and understand more of the true essence of Hawaiian culture? Where would we go to find more information other than these midnight shenanigans? Hey, it's midnight uh, meanderings, Mary, not shenanigans. Well, okay, it's both. Uh, <laughs> um, there are teachers there. It's still really fresh. There's, Hawaii is still occupied. Um, so during my travels, um, the North American natives, it's been a hundred years, a hundred years, 200 years since the trail of tears. Um, and I mean, like I was just looking at some of the numbers. I wanted to find the numbers of Hawaiians that were killed. Um, but I, I, I couldn't find numbers on that. I only saw their low number that they got down to 200,000 left. Um, so on the forced death march where they rounded up all the indigenous off of their homeland uh, on the Trail of Tears, about 2,500 to 6,000 died on this death march where they put them on reservations in the middle of the desert. Nobody talks about that, you know, but, you know, yeah. Okay. Where was, what was the other thing I was looking for? Uh, squirrel, I forgot. Um, oh, I'll throw this up again. Mary said she's the one that brings the shenanigans to the table. <laughs> I, I, I would agree. <laughs> Mary's amazing. I don't think you've ever actually met Mary in person. She, You, you took off before she uh, kind of came into the HHH world, but okay. uh She's she's a, another fun uh, being of light to hang around with. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, so the, the North American natives. It, it's they're starting to recover. They're starting to realize that now there's white ancestry on this land as well. Um, it, the peop the white people on the land 
were born on the land. They didn't just come here. They aren't the invaders. They are not at fault for what happened. Um, and we all have to come together as a rainbow tribe. And they're realizing this and they're opening up now and sharing and teaching their ways, teaching their ways of connection, teaching their ways of working with the land, teaching their ways of harmony. Now, that's really a, a good point. I want to just mention in the South American tradition as well, they have that that prophecy of the condor and the eagle, the two birds of war flying together in peace and the rainbow tribe of man, like all the all the people, the humanity coming together to share with the world and with each other, the things that they've learned. Uh, so the Hawaiian culture, the the Caro Indians from Peru, uh, they're all starting to share their traditions and hopefully the, all the rest of the mystery schools and things will uh, follow suit and start to share their knowledge too. Yeah, the um, in Mexico, it was really easy. Uh, I mean, they had like uh, almost like a minute clin clinic or, you know, like if you go in where they have a lot of doctors to check people out. But instead of being like a medical clinic, it was a clinic of shamans. So you go in there and they'll clean your energy and they'll do some base level stuff. Next door, they had this kind of like temple where you could go in and get a little bit deeper, more in-depth healing and actually talk, ask questions, and more than just the general energy cleansing or healing or energy. So, I mean, th that's a public clinic in Mexico. Uh, the shamans you know, my, my wife is from Germany and my in-laws, uh, they think I'm absolutely insane, right? But they go to Mexico and I, they send this video when they were down there traveling and they're like standing like the sh letting the shaman like smudge them, spit in the Florida water at them. I'm like, well, I told my wife, I'm like, message him back and said, I would have spit on you for free. You didn't have to go to Mexico for that. <laughs> But it's crazy to think I am. They were like, they were just jumping right into that culture. And it's, uh, it really is uh, amazing what they can do. But go ahead and uh, talk that's, about your clinic, shaman clinic. Well, I mean, Every that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So on top of the clinic, there's people at the street, people around the ruins that are doing the ancient traditions and doing healing there, uh, doing activation there. Uh, so it's not anything that's hidden in Mexico. Uh, this between the Brits and the Spaniards, the Spaniards were brutal. They came in and they wiped them out and they stole the gold. They did a hit and run, maybe put like a puppet government in place or, uh, you know, kind of had loose control as a colony. And, you know, the Catholic Church came in and tried to brainwash them and torture them and uh, stamp out any of their traditions. But they did a really poor job in Central and South America. So the ancient traditions still survived. Whereas when the Brits came in, they whitewashed. They, they didn't really care about the gold and the media. They were playing the long term. So the Spaniards came in and just wanted to hit the, the gold and run. Whereas the Brits came in and they saw the value in setting up colonies. Because hundreds of years in the future... That, that money of that land would, you know, the, the people were the, the resource. The land was the resource. Uh, so you have, you know, the UK and the, uh, the Commonwealth. Basically, any Commonwealth country is still controlled by the British Royal Crown. Uh, so any place like that, they whitewashed it. They went in and wiped it out. And they're, I mean, still doing it. 
know, so you look at what happened in America, the Trail of Tears, they, the Pocotes, like the whole Thanksgiving thing of, you know, them coming together and sharing, that didn't happen. The Thanksgivings were celebration and feast for wiping out having a successful campaign against the Pocote natives. Hmm. So it, it wasn't about coming together. I mean, it was about genocide. And um, yeah, so that, yeah. And uh, so they wiped them out, got them off the land, put them on reservations. You have the Cherokee East and West. The Cherokees dug into the hills and didn't leave. They hid. And you have, so that's why you have the East and West nations of the Cherokee. Getting a little bit of rain. I'm moving my stuff. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, the, the Cherokee, to this day, they remember, you do not give the Cherokee anything wrapped in red. Um, in some traditions, like the Lakota, with my rattle or an eagle feather, you take it and wrap it in a red cloth. You don't do that for the Cherokee. And the reason for that is they gave them red blankets laced with smallpox. So germ warfare, biological warfare back in the day to intentionally wipe them out, which is the same thing they did in Mexico. Uh, and then they put them in camps and reprogrammed them, uh, missions, converted were them. Were those pictures you sent me earlier, was that something you wanted me to bring up on screen? Because I, I just realized what you were what you're talking about. Was that relevant to what you sent me? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can put them up at any time you, you feel fit. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't save them in that way, but I'll go grab them real quick while you're talking, and I'll put them up in a minute. Okay, yeah. I mean, the one, what was the, the ba Battle of the Wounded Knee was the one picture I sent you, and they're burying the frozen bodies. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that was for tonight's talk. I thought it was just like random pictures you were sending me. I apologize. Uh, uh, yeah, so they, they came in at the... Um, the Battle of the Wounded Knee, if I can find it, and um, well, killed, I got it. killed up to 163 peaceful Cheyenne and Arapaho, about two-thirds of which were women, children, and infants. Killed them all. Slaughtered them. They took body parts as trophies, including human fetuses, male and female genitalia, scalps. I mean, it, it was um, really brutal. But... You know, nobody talks about that. The one picture you, you sent me with right the um, the picture you sent me with the mass grave. When I try to pick, bring it up, I get an error message that the content's not available. Yeah. Okay. Well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I got this. The, the one with the population statistic. I have that. I'm uploading it now. So the uh, they did the same thing in Australia. That's why I thought you know, American Australia would be very, very similar because we have the same basic history. The Brits came in and wiped out the indigenous cultures. Here's the, uh, it, the this is the, um, the population collapse in Mexico you were talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, look at the huge collapse of civilization. The, uh, when Cortez came to, uh, Tenochtitlan, which is now modern-day Mexico City, it was bigger than Venice at that point in time. Their civilization was more advanced than Europe. There was more people there than Europe. In fact, the Polynesian islands had a much larger population on them back then than they do currently, except maybe Oahu. 
but there was massive civilization here that got wiped out massively. Uh, in Australia, again, Cook shows up and they start having, having marauder parties. A lot of people are very mad at Australia Day because that's the day they started the raids. That's I remember when you were there, like you were talking about that. There was like the holiday, but it was like really nothing to celebrate because, yeah. Yeah. It was like anti Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. It was when they started wiping out the indigenous people. And there's a great barrier firewall of Australia. No information gets in or out. People don't know anything about Australia except for kangaroos, koala bears, and beach, right? People walk around in pluggers or flip-flops on the beach with, uh, you know, tank tops saying, uh, good day, mate. Um, you know, so that, that's about all they, I mean, that's all they know about Australia. And, you know, the, the aboriginals are, you know, smile and have didgeridoos. Uh, I'm starting to get wet here. Um, uh, one downfall being in a tropical paradise. Occasionally you got to deal with rain. But if it's like in Florida, like it rains for like 10 minutes and then it stops. And... Okay. I think that's a little we bit have Brenda just checking in saying much love. Thanks for joining us, Brenda. Aloha. Hello, hello. And I posted a link for YouTube there. Have you ever seen a... It's like this um, comedy thing with these enlightened. I can't play it because I'll get like a copyright strike. Oh, but, JP um, Sears. Uh, maybe that's what it is. You tell me. Is this? Uh, is this? Oh yeah, thinking? yeah. That's JP Sears. Yeah. Yeah. So I posted this link. <laughs> this is a hilarious video. I wish I could just totally play it for you, but uh, take a moment and watch that. It is hilarious. So. He yeah. came here to uh, the Big Island in Hawaii, and he's talking about the Punatics. And Punatics. he's like, you know, the, the, the Punatics are such unique people. You know, they're so healthy and they eat organic and, you know, they take great supplements like meth, you know, because it's <laughs> a healthy thing to do. Um, yeah, but I mean, seriously, there, there's a huge drug problem. There's a giant underbelly to uh, Hawaii, and that's that could be topics for many, many episodes. But what I really wanted to talk about was the indigenous rights and what's going on around the world with the indigenous people. Uh, so back in the day, the Spaniards hit in Central America and South America, Hernando Cortez, Diego de Landa, which was the main cardinal in the Yucatan. They would go and slaughter them. They'd burn them alive for, they, they took thousands of years of codices, thousands of years of their basically history books and burned them because they said they were the word of the devil. Um, but they didn't actually get burned. They got put on boats and sent over to the Vatican, and they're in the Vatican secret libraries, which really people need to demand that that's our history. We need that information back. And a lot of it contradicts the current narrative that we've been sold as history, because he who wins the war writes history, right? Same uh, brings up, but do you remember the whole how Peru was conquered, like the excuse that was used? They gave uh, the Inca at the time yeah. a Bible, and they said, here, the, this is our God. And the Inca held the Bible up to his, his uh, ear, and he threw the Bible on the ground and says, what's good is a God that doesn't talk? And they used that as yeah. blasphemy, and then they rushed and took over Peru. Uh, so oh, that's um, I mean, another <laughs> that's a fun narrative. 
you know, even if, you know, the, whether that happened or not, Pizarro was going to wipe them out and all kill them anyhow. Uh, there is enough dissent where they worked with the rival tribes of the, uh, the uh, Caro people. And, you know, they, they went in and destroyed it. And uh, like, like I said, the Spanish were not as good at whitewashing culture as the Brits were. They came in, and, and the Dutch, the Dutch, you don't hear about what the Dutch did. The Dutch were absolutely brutal. And you know who became, who the Dutch became? The Nazis. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, just, I mean, talking about Captain Cook and those guys. Um, yeah, Pizarro, I mean, the, the Spanish did some really brutal things when they're coming through all in the name of God. Um but even to this day in Peru, in South America, you have what's called the Matar Brujas, the witch killers. Uh, so they, these Christians go around rounding up the shamans, which are really down there. They serve a very vital role. They're kind of the town doctor. Uh, they not only can work with spiritual stuff, they also do first aid. They have herbal medicine. They have herbal knowledge. And when you're out in the jungle way deep in the bush, you need those people and they're going around killing them. And not only do they go and find these people and kill them, they're planting bombs in uh, cars. They're planting bombs in towns. They're killing everybody indiscriminately to try and get these people. Uh, all in the name of God. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's really... Uh, sorry if this is not coming off quite as lighthearted and fun. It's... Um, well, one thing I'm going to, I'm going to post a link earlier today, uh, me and Sean Phillips, we had our monthly conversations with God discussion group and everything that you're talking about, like uh, it's almost as though it was planned because we were talking about uh, the things that came up in the book, the parts that we read are very on point for our conversation. So if you want to have a, a, like a whole different um, element to what we're talking about, check that out. I just posted the YouTube link that was with me and Sean Phillips earlier today, Conversations with God Discussion Group, which is basically um, a dialogue between Neil Down and Walsh and God. It was automatic writing. And we were mainly in book two about um, everything we're talking about now, how all these things happened and how when is humanity going to start choosing something different, is start to awaken as a species to turn into this highly evolved being that we have the potential to be and get away from the addiction of polarity and fighting and all, all that kind of stuff. So I just posted that. Definitely check it out. I'm sure you will find yeah. value in it. Um, so it, it's, it's really sad. And um, then you, you go to Australia and they're not really, they hide. They don't want to have anything to do with the white people there. It's very rare. I mean, Australia, besides Mexico, is one of the most monochromatic places I've been. What used to be a thriving, there's over 200 different spoken languages in Australia. I mean, to give you an idea how expansive it was, how big it was, a landmass the size of the continental United States had many, many, many different nations of Aboriginals. Usually, they would, you know, find ways to work. Um, it's interesting. Uh, what is? Um, I can't can't get it right now. But they have a sacred plant down there. Um, 
I can't remember what it is, but if you had this sacred plant from this region, it basically gave you free pass to go on any nation's land to trade this. Was it uh, the uh, Diviner Sage or something that no, came to it? No, uh, okay. no, no. It, it actually was um, nicotine and tropanes. Oh wow, that's. I mean, it's it's uh, very common. It's um, it's all right. No, I figured that. I, I thought because nah, I know that was like um, naturally growing down there, like a diviner sage, or there was something else that you could get. But anyway, it's surprising. Like Brian is like the plant shaman of the century. It's uh, for him to not remember something like that is uh, he must be off his game tonight. Yeah, well, now just on my mind. Uh, he's got to look it up now. We've tortured him. He's got to figure it out. Yeah, and it's so common. It's um, not angel trumpet or something like that. No, no, it's um, Onpacha. Onpacha is the South American uh, like tobacco equivalent. You can make like a alcohol infusion, and in ceremony, you actually drink it through the nose, and it gives you a fifteen-minute window to see into somebody's soul. Of course, don't try that at home; only under the direction of a tobacco. Anyway, I'm just filling in time while he's looking. If you have any questions or comments, you can certainly make them, and we will be happy to speak to them too. This is a little bit um, from before, but Mary was saying, "Beth, the best crystal healing." Jokingly, of course. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Oh, that's funny. No, I can't remember, but it actually contains tropane. So, like, uh, it contains scopolamine in it and other tropanes. They're saying, oh, the nicotine, it just has nicotine in it. Pituri. Pituri, that's what it is. Or pituri or something like that. Uh, so they actually do um, a coming of manhood ceremony in some traditions where it's um, subcision. So they they take it not 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 snipping circumcision at the end. It's the whole thing. They they split the whole vein, and it's a form of ah. birth control. Um, but they give the the kid doing it to themselves pituri. Um, whereas nicotine wouldn't really do much of anything to be able to do that. What explains being able to do that is the uh, tropanes inside it. Uh, they also do journey work. And if you look at a lot of their artwork, it's characteristics of being influenced by tropanes. Uh, so that is one of their sacred plants. So just like the angel's trumpet, uh, the brugmansia, the daturas, uh, so that or Jimson weed, even zombie cucumber. Um, was it the Iroquois? I want to say well, uh, there's North American natives that work with the Jimson weed. Uh, I'm not sure. Is that is Devil's Apple? No, is that the one with the little purple ball on it with a little like a prickly ball? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also called like translates to the Devil's Apple was used in puberty rituals, but it's really easy to overdose, is my understanding. If you don't yeah, know, you're any, any tropanes you really want to know what you're doing with. Um, I've only talked to one person that is very experienced with it. Uh, he, well, 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 I, I went to, um, his place of business and very, very knowledgeable. I, I won't, he might not want to be mentioned, but, um, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> just call him Steve. 
no, no, that his that guy is from another story. Uh, <laughs> it's so crazy but, that. He, no, you know the reason I say that when I did bank secrecy at compliance and we would shut down accounts that were like synthetic IDs, so it was like fake people. They were always named Steve. It was like they. Oh. And you could tell, like, whoever this guy was, there's no way his name was Steve. But it'd, it'd be like, what's your name, Scar? Oh, it's Steve. And it's like, <laughs> right. And so yeah. whatever, whatever their shenanigans, I just always use that name because I talked to, like, 20 Steves a day when we did that work. So, yeah, I, so I, I got the information. And this guy actually works with Tropanes. He's done it. I've, I've worked with them. You know, uh, Zane yeah, said, oh, no, you don't want to touch those. And everybody you talk to, oh, you don't want to touch those or – for me, taking a full journey dose was really terrible. Uh, it made my my mouth dry, my throat dry, um, and no, I didn't take that tonight. I actually got my trachea crushed last week uh, during martial arts. That's why my voice sounds so froggy, uh, if you're wondering. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, instead of getting the choke where it's in, in that triangle, I got a forearm right to the, to the throat. Um, so yeah. my voice is actually sounding better than it was. Yeah, we learned on last week's Midnight Meanderings that he found like some sort of super martial arts Qigong master guy that was teaching him, and uh, apparently he got the best of Brian, which is says a lot. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the people in this class are um, some of them are, are lifetime martial artists. The Hawaiian. Everybody wants to think that the Aloha spirit means like this, you know, whatever the hippy dippy communities have turned it into and painted it as. And uh, but no, the Hawaiians and Polynesians, the Maori, are warriors. They're voyagers, travelers, and and warriors uh, with deep spiritual knowledge. So yeah, there's the love side, there's the forgiveness side, but there's also the warrior side. Um. There's a lot of stories on the island. People that don't act right disappear to this day. Like people that do things to women in a bad way disappear. They're shark bait. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, you, you, you don't want to take disrespectful shenanigans to Hawaii. You need to have the highest respect for the native cultures here. And that's the story we're going to get into in a minute. And it's actually kind of amusing yet tragic at the same time. Uh, As most of Brian's stories are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Where, where were we even at? I remember I started to get into, uh, Aust Oh, Shaman yeah. Australia. So he said where it really comes into, um, uh, uh, where it really, where the tropanes really come into their, uh, shining is when you mix them with other psychedelics. It deepens the experience. It makes it more profound. Oftentimes, you know, people will be instead of just, you know, kind of leaning back and going into it, they'll be like holding on and like, you know, afraid to cross over to the other side. Whereas the energy of the scopolamine or, um, you know, the tropanes clears the ego gets the ego out of the way that's why nefarious criminals use it for mind control like in colombia the criminal factions use the scopolamine to commit crimes and basically they drug people and the people are happy to empty their bank accounts for them they're happy to help them empty their house and rob their house there were some nato um, cultures where if you were to do a casting on someone to take someone else's free will that they would use us to basically um 
give you to the person that you were wrong by making you take something that basically took away all your ability to choose for yourself and then you were gifted to the person you wronged so it's like a pretty big deal in some cultures yeah. too and i mean the criminals in the united states government use it too uh do you remember the aurora colorado shooting vaguely yeah there's the second and third cia shooters that actually did the shooting there got away and the little college kid that supposedly did the shooting was wearing all this body armor and he just kind of like when everything ended he's just like standing there he takes off his body armor and surrenders to the cops if you're wearing body armor you're either planning on going out in a blaze of glory or you want to get away with your life this guy just took off his body armor and surrendered and oh yeah my house and car is booby trapped and then he didn't remember anything that happened why because he was the stooge. He was drugged on scopolamine. We got a question from uh, Mary. Did you find the guy who gives traditional Hawaiian spiritual tattoos as a kind of way to tap into more of your energy? He picks the place and design according to the spirit of your energetics. Um, uh, I'm not... I, I believe she's saying that there's somebody that's famous or is uh, that people know on Hawaii that does spiritual tattoos. And she's curious if you've run across this gentleman. Um, no, I, I haven't run into him personally. Uh, the Maori and the Hawaiians, the Polynesians uh, tattoos are a, a big part of their culture and a big part of their spirituality. Um, I, I kind of like my body the way it came and I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't. Um, tattoo anything on it because you know back in the day you know for a hot minute i thought oh getting you know the american flag and a, a cross and it uh you know the eagle globe and anchor and marine corps flag and all that you know oorah motivated stuff and um i grew into a different me that was a lifetime ago although over the last couple of weeks i'm tapping back into my warrior self but it's a different version of warrior it's it's more that this balance of spirituality with protection uh so it's now awareness a warrior with awareness fun shenanigan story brian almost took out my youngest son we were at <laughs> we were in lakewood and we had just gotten like ice cream joy right we're walking down the street and oliver like runs up and he's like hiding behind this mailbox and like Brian is an ex-marine like he you know responds if he thinks something's going down and as he had like uh, passed by Oliver came running up behind him and like Brian just does like the spinning like kick like thinking someone's coming up to mug him or something and the only reason Oliver didn't get taken out is because his foot was too high you know he went like over the boy's head no it wasn't quite that like he we we're walking down the street and remind you uh this was days after I got robbed at gunpoint in, in Mexico. Mexico yes but it was yeah, like he so comes I, back and then poor Oliver was like, hey, after you know having to watch over my shoulders and you know watch my back because the cartel robbed me and i went to the cops so you know <laughs> I, i'm still hyper alert i you know I, i'm still wound tight with that one and we're walking down the street and all of a sudden he jumps out and i almost turn around and clock him through you know I'm like whoa but then i pulled back you know and i'm like you know i almost went and i'm like whoa <laughs> oh, i thought no. you totally took a swing okay now I, I maybe i had a different reality but either uh, way you didn't take him out which is good <laughs> yeah no it's like ptsd much what <laughs> it's just like oh shit <laughs> uh, yeah um 
<laughs> Mike says it is a good day to die. Right. That's a Klingon quote. And then uh, Mary Ford, he probably has a, not a lot of knowledge to share. I can't remember where I heard about him. She's talking about the tattoo guy again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he does. No, but Mary, you might find it interesting. Brian has been learning from the kahuna where when people go to Hawaii and they take stones that they shouldn't take and then all kinds of bad stuff happens to them and to the point where they send the stone back, he's working with the kahuna that gets all those stones and puts them back into the sacred spots. So uh, he, he's, he's definitely hooked up and is working with some uh, cool, knowledgeable spirit folk over there. Yeah. So it, it's pretty... Um pretty amazing some of the characters I, i've um come across in my journeys and some of the people with deep spiritual knowledge and some of the elders it, it's i've been very gifted and uh you well you start to be able to smell them from a, a ways off and, and you, you start to know who's in the know and who's just a wannabe hippie um uh, <laughs> You know, th there's hippies from back in the day that are still in the jungle of Pune, uh, you know, did, would, you know, living the life of love and sharing, you know, just, you know, amazing love and healing with people. And there, don't get me wrong, I'm not against hippies, but there's this new fake crowd that, you know, they they took a spiritual class and, you know, they, they took Reiki one and they're like, Oh, I'm this amazing spiritual master. I'm like, that tradition hasn't even been on the radar for more than a hot minute. You know, some of these traditions are unbroken for thousands of years, like the tradition of the Carol, you know, w w do you remember uh, being told about how, some of the altars or offerings in the tradition of the Carol or the Inca tradition, they dig them up and it's still the same traditions that are being practiced to this day. Yeah. Zinc you know, so calls it, it's an unbroken tradition and a living yeah. tradition. It's um, other than there was a little bit of Spanish influence, but the thing was that uh, the Carol that went up into the mountains, they were so high up in the mountains that the Spanish just couldn't go that high because of the uh, altitude sickness and they did do some sort of, of like a, t a type of slavery where they made them like uh, grow crops and stuff but for the most part they were left alone and they were able to preserve a lot of their knowledge so uh, worked yeah. out well for them and even the, the ones that were in the more coastal tradition because they embraced christianity in a way they were able to preserve a lot of their tradition because when they heard about christ they have this uh this prophecy of a fifth level healer and when they heard about christ they're like oh cool it it happened we knew it was going to happen it just happened over there great and they actually incorporated parts of christianity into like the spacho ceremonies because they found beauty in it and because they embraced it they were able to preserve it quite a bit there was still an influence but it wasn't as it didn't get totally destroyed like in some other places where conquering happened yeah and uh where did i i think at last nation i was um yeah, and Mary says, but Reiki can open it up to more energies and awareness than just Reiki. Not saying they're potent masters, but everyone starts somewhere. That is absolutely true. And Hawaii, and there. Go ahead. It's a good place to start. If in Australia, they don't really have that much spiritual knowledge. So most of them start with Reiki. And once you start opening that up, you can start getting your own information. Yeah, that was what I started with. I was a Reiki one. Why I went from Reiki one to master and took spiritual insight training one and two from fellowships in the span of like four months. And then I had yeah. a crisis. Healing. 
And then I did the two-year program and learned everything I could. And that would be my advice to everybody. Like, learn absolutely everything that you can. Never settle for thinking that you finally figured it out. There's always something to know and always a way to grow. So definitely, like, never never settle for um, a, a threshold of knowledge. Always push and learn as much as you can. Because the more things you know, you start to trust when you get something from spirit that you've never heard of before. Because at least you can wrap your head around it. You've been exposed to enough crazy shenanigans that, wow, maybe, maybe what I got from my own intuition, I can trust that because you've had enough exposure. So there's a, a great value to learning all these different things. Oh, off Brian goes. And he's off. Don't know where he went. So <laughs> We lost Brian. There we go. It's coming back. It was looking a little bit grainy, so I wanted to try and figure out the light situation. Uh, so, yeah, back to Australian Captain Cook. Uh, that guy was brutal. He would have bands of marauders just going and slaughtering, slaughtering the aboriginals. And there's places you can go, and it just smells and reeks of blood. Um you can feel it when you're walking on these lands and uh, traveling with a paranormal encrypted research group. I got to go to a lot of these places and I, I got to work to um, bring some healing to those areas. And I was very lucky. Uh, but there, there's so much that was done and being done to this day. Eco genocide is still happening to this day. Uh, there was a site in Mullumbimby just by Byron Bay, it was like Stonehenge. They had giant megalithic stone structures that were standing up in a circle like Stonehenge. The Australian government forced them to tear it down during World War II when nobody would have noticed. They actually had them tear this ancient monument down. There are pyramids in Australia. And uh, the one is pretty well known the others are hidden very well, but the other one is very well known. The Australian government is going to put a highway directly on top of this. And this is out in Gympie. Imagine a podunk country town where there's all this space, all this farmland, and they're putting the highway directly over top of the sacred site, which has clearly been used. They grind their tools there for thousands of years. So granite has been kind of scooped away where they grind. So it's clear that's been used for a very long time. And they're intentionally paving over that site. Uh, who is it? it? I believe it's the... Um, Gimpy, 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 Gimpy? No, no, that's the plan. Um, no, Mary has a question, kind of. I believe she's alluding to, since they're going through all these sacred sites and doing this, has there been any paranormal or any any weird activity happening on the sites where they've desecrated like a sacred site that you're aware of? paranormal type of stuff uh um like if you know me weird? i mean like <laughs> if you say paranormal none of it's weird uh <laughs> so that's true in our circle like there is no weird correct but i, I mean has like uh, when when they've done that has um has there been any reports of like weird things happening in places where they have intentionally destroyed a sacred site and built something on it is that like um people not wanting to go there because weird things happen i think is where oh. mary's going with that oh yeah i mean right now i i would not doubt that a lot of the stuff going on in australia is because they're having the bone pointed at them in a very big way um the oppressed people there the aboriginals are fighting spiritual warfare 
how can we get these invaders out of our land? So they're pointing the bone and they're having massive wildfires that can, you know, burn half the country. They're having seven year droughts where they have not had rain in seven years. Uh, the, they can survive it all. They've been there for a very long time. They can handle the extremes of Australia. The white people cannot. Their, their society is fledgling in some areas. Um, they're having to truck in water because cities have run out of water. Uh, so the, on an individual basis, there has been proven accounts where Aboriginals have pointed the bone at someone and killed them. I mean, but that can happen here in Hawaii too. There's a lot of accounts of. Can you explain the term "pointing the bone"? I it's the first time I've ever heard it. Uh, I mean, that, that's that's just um, a term for basically killing people with magic slash black magic. Um, I mean, where where do you draw the line? Is it spiritual defense or is it black magic? Uh, you know, if, if that person, I don't want to say deserved it, but if it was done in self defense. Um, might not even be considered black magic. It's just spiritual warfare. Um, but I, I kind of feel like that's happening on a very massive level. And then some of these darker creatures are called on as protector spirits. So when you're a gringo and you go into these places and it feels super scary and you feel, um, oh, if I back up, I'm less faded. Okay. Uh, so if you, you go into some of these areas as a gringo, as a white person, it feels really scary and it's really dark, but, um, you know what, that's just their protector spirits telling you, Hey, you know, you're not welcome here. This is not your land, especially if you have ill intent. Uh, so, uh, same thing in some Native American areas and other traditions. They call them these protector spirits, and these protector spirits are still protecting the land. So when you come and, uh, you know, well, I mean, when someone comes with disrespect to this land, and there's serious, consequ serious consequences. And even when you disrespect plants, when you are taking ayahuasca just to get high or, you know, saying you're microdosing or something, if you disrespect the energy of that plant, it, remember um, what was his name at the gathering of shamans? He talked about that where they oh, oh, uh, Raven, the, Raven something. But he was really, really charismatic and well spoken. I just can't remember Raven Claw. Uh, I have to find it now. He Raven. was um, putting back together the uh, pieces of the tradition of the North, North, or basically the uh, Germanic and uh, Northern European shaman traditions. Uh, so a very interesting guy, but he was saying that someone came and did an ayahuasca ceremony uh, that this couple did it and they're still kind of in journey space. Then they went back to either the altar of ayahuasca where they had the you know, ayahuasca ceremony and they either um, had sex on the altar or in front of the altar and seriously offended ayahuasca. There, there are certain plants where you can be intimate. You can share that loving experience. Uh, mushrooms don't seem to mind. Of course, cannabis does not mind at all. Some of the other plants don't mind. Ayahuasca, for some reason, very, no, you, you have to be celibate when you're working with this plant. Uh, and I mean, not like celibate as in years, just 
during that duration while you're working with the ayahuasca, um, oftentimes it's required that you're celibate, that you clean up your diet. Uh, so a lot of that. Ah, yeah, yeah, that, that's him. Raven Caldera. Very interesting fellow. A lot of deep knowledge. He is an amazing speaker if you ever have a chance to uh, experience him. I'm hearing my echo in the background. I will be more mindful of how loud I talk. Okay. Huh. But anyway, okay. like you can check it out. His website is ravencaldera.org. I'll put it up on a banner. So if you guys want to check him out, but he has a ton of books and uh, he speaks about a whole bunch of different ways that you can approach um, enlightenment and uh, kind of like the different uh, departments of refinement that you could choose to, to do it. But I'll throw up his website here. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's real. These plants are real. It's not just a toy. These cultures are real. It's not just a toy. The, these curses are not just a toy. So you, you want to be respectful of these traditions. You want to be respectful. When you come to someone's house, you don't disrespect them. But that's happening here in Hawaii. That's way past happened in Australia. There's the stolen generation, which nobody knows about up here. That is happened up into the 70s where they would take Aboriginal children and put them in reprogramming camps called missions um, where they had it beaten out of them, their native languages, their native practices, and were converted to Christian. You know, so they're literally stolen from their parents up until the 70s. So the Aboriginals in Australia are not, they're just starting to heal and they're just starting to share and realize that they need to be part of the rainbow tribe. Those that are really connected through the heart connect. Um, my one uh, dear friend, Wurunga, uh, my, my brother in Australia, he, uh, my spiritual brother, uh, he's, he's a great guy. Love him. He had the biggest heart, easygoing guy. And I got so much information from him. Really wonderful teacher. Uh, he, he was open and sharing, but he's coming from a place of love. And I was talking to him actually about the current crisis going on. And he's like, well, now you know what it feels like to be us. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, they're really locked down. They're basically on almost reservations where they're basically run like prisons. So they're very oppressed. They're, it's bad. They're, they've stolen everything from these people. Uh, their sacred sites are being paved over. There was a tree that was used as a birthing tree for 400 years. It was a hollowed out tree where the women would go and give birth in. They put a highway on top of it. Again, right? Okay, you have this whole giant bush wilderness, but they're going to put a highway on top of their sacred tree. Same thing with the Gimpy Pyramid. Uh, there's other pyramids which are untouched. They're buried. And I, I don't know if I really want to share where they're at, but the Egyptians came there. There's outside of Brisbane. Actually, I was looking for it and looking for it when I was there. And finally, right before I left, someone found where it was at. But there's an ancient hieroglyph talking about when the Egyptians came to Australia and their experience there. Uh, it, the, they even brought the ibis, the Egyptian ibis with them. Pretty I gotta, much gotta tell a story. Before he, Brian went to Mexico, he gets a map out and he's like using a pendulum and he finds like this random spot in the jungle. 
And so like he goes to Mexico and he's in a cab and he tells this guy, he's like, Hey, stop here. This is where I'm getting out. And the guy's like, what? This is the middle of the jungle. You can't get out here. And he's like, no, I'm getting out here. And he just goes trailblazing through the jungle, like with a GPS in one hand and a machete in the other. And he finds like a temple that was totally off the grid. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, okay, stop here. And I'm not even looking up. I'm kind of watching the GPS to see where would get me the closest, uh, the drop zone. Where, uh, sorry, someone's coming home. Uh, where would be the closest drop zone to get me to um, where where I I'd be closest, and I'd have to do the least journeying in there. And um, so he goes, "Here, that's the jungle." So I look up and I'm like, "Wow, that is the jungle." <laughs> what? You know? So I'm like, "Okay, I'm not gonna pussy out. I'm I'm here now." Uh, re- really, this is kind of a long story for another day, but um, long story short, though, using dowsing and Google Maps, I was able to find the grid coordinates, and when I got into the jungle, I found the Lost City. I found pyramids. I found 90-degree pyramids with steps cut into them and everything. Um, so it was there. It was real. Uh so with remote viewing, with dowsing, it, I mean, that, that's technology that our military uses to this day currently. They say, oh, we discontinued that program. Yeah, nah, nah. They're doing it at a very high level. They have supplements and uh, things that you can take, different things that enhance your vision. Just um, just a remote viewer, blind, a blind remote viewer has about 80 to 85 percent accuracy when you do it correctly uh now if you combine multiple blind remote viewers in other words you're viewing a target that you don't know any details about you get a serial number of an envelope and you're going through these different protocols uh you can tap in and get it just like dowsing Uh, it's extremely accurate when you do it correctly very cool. Now we're at an hour and 10 minutes. So I'm just putting that out there so you can be mindful because I know you haven't gotten through all the stuff that you wanted to get through, but let's do the power uh, power time to okay, get through yeah, the rest yeah. of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, in Australia, they, they've really wiped out and continue to wipe out the Aboriginal cultures, traditions, and knowledge intentionally. Uh, even they're dropping 1080 bait out in the bush. 1080 bait? Yeah, it's a fluoride-based poison for the foxes and rabbits. But if you have something for the foxes and rabbits, everything's going to eat it. Used to see kangaroos all the time in Australia. Now, people have said over the last decade, you don't see almost any kangaroos. In fact, it was very rare to see kangaroos in Australia. Koalas are almost functionally extinct. With the logging and the destruction of the rainforest... Everybody talks about the destruction of the rainforest in the Amazon. Nobody talks about Australia. Even before these bushfires, they go into the most pristine old wood uh, rainforest and mow it down for housing developments, for shopping malls, for strip mining. And then these uranium mines and other uh, Adani, I believe it is, is doing mining up in uh northern queensland i believe and that their runoff is killing the great barrier reef not global warming not a few degree temperature variants that they talk about 
it is the chemical runoff from what they're doing. Uh, I believe somewhere in the Northern Territory, uh, they had a massive uranium from the uranium mining, massive radioactive spill in a river and it killed the whole river off. So that it's, it's really bad what's happening there. But the 1080 bait kills the foxes and rabbits, but it's killing off all the native wildlife. The quoll is going extinct. The thylacine, which is the Tasmanian tiger, kind of like a wolf-like creature, looks like a greyhound wolf, kind of. Um, that was intentionally, they had bounties out on it. They're killing that thing wholesale because it supposedly was attacking their sheep. And they they made it almost extinct, but it's still out there. But they're still dropping 1080 bait out in there to make sure that uh, critically endangered animal, almost extinct, functionally extinct animal, remains extinct. It's coming back. It's trying to come back. If we let it come back, it will come back. But, I mean, there's actually proof of it in these cryptid groups. Uh, people get pictures of them, people get tracks of them, but once they have really hard, tangible evidence, they get raided. Men in black style, they come, take all their computers, take all their data, all their evidence, and do a hit and run. So, yeah, there's no videos we see of the thylacine because all those videos are taken away. And I personally heard thylacine yips out when I was in the bush. Um, I was traveling with the cryptid team, and I, I was hearing a yip, kind, not quite like a coyote. It was not a, definitely not a dog. And like, oh, those are the thylacines or the Tasmanian tiger. Whoa. Uh, there's the marsupial lion or Queensland tiger, the yari, as the aboriginals call it. The aboriginals know all these animals are still out there. They see them. Uh, even the yowies or the Bigfoot, you know, they have close encounters with them. Uh, so I was running up a mountain, well, way out in the bush, we lived kind of on this mountain ridge and I was running up the mountain and a marsupial lion ran out across me. That's actually how I got involved with the uh, cryptid research team. Uh, so then tracked it, got pictures and everything and um, uh, pictures of the prints, that is. I didn't get any pictures of the animal. Uh, but I got pictures of prints, sent them into the groups, they confirmed it, and I got involved. But then I find out that they're dropping poison out there to kill them. So this critically endangered species is being intentionally killed off, along with all the Australian wildlife. You, you can't tear down a forest that has critically endangered creatures in it, so let's just wipe out those critically endangered creatures and take them, make sure they go extinct and stay extinct. Uh, it, it's a, a sad state of being down in Australia. And then, you know, fast forward over here. So now, now is when we get into some of the Hawaiian shenanigans. Um, <laughs> so, oh, man, so much happened this week. Um, well, you got uh, 15 minutes to get it all out of your system and the rest we'll have to save for the next time. Okay. Uh, but, a friend of mine, I'm not going to name names or anything. Steve. Was in a, uh, <laughs> I'm just giving a fake. Use John. You could just use the name. Pick any name. Okay. Let, let, let's say Joe. Yeah, there uh, we go. Cotton Eye Joe. Got it. Um, 
was at a community and he's the cook and um, deep in, in local knowledge and uh, people from out of town came in and they weren't following the quarantine orders. And he, he told them, hey, look, no, you came from a place where there is COVID. We don't have any here on the island, but we're being imprisoned like we do. It's really ridiculous how they're still acting like there's no cases on Hawaii. So they're like, oh, if, if we stop doing this, it's going to come back. No, no. People have already forgotten about the COVID and moved on to the race wars. You know, like it, that's that hoax already passed by, and now we're into the new hoax. Um, these cooked up race wars. Um, but basically, he told them, "Look, no, you come here. You need to respect us because you're at an area where there was cases. So we, we got to keep the community safe." And someone reported him and called the Hawaiian Kingdom on him. And said he didn't have the aloha spirit because he, you know, kind of, you know, told them where to go because, they, you know, hey, you need to respect the community. And, you know, it was, you know, laid down the law. So they called the Hawaiian kingdom on him. And the Hawaiian kingdom came out and, you know, they're like, hey, brother, we, we hear some local boys causing trouble here. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, they call on me. <laughs> and they all had a laugh because, yeah, no. You can't tell a Hawaiian that they don't have the Aloha spirit. That that's not cool. That's not right. And that started a whole other looking at who actually owns this property. So the Hawaiian Kingdom actually uh, started filing paperwork to get that land back. So, like I said, you do not disrespect the native Hawaiians. Uh, th there are severe consequences to it. Uh, you're in their house. This is their house. You you do not, and really, it, not just the Hawaiians. Anywhere you go, you you need to respect them. Uh, whether it is the North American natives, whether it's the uh, any of the traditions throughout Mexico, wherever you go, you really need to respect them because it's it's their land. Whether you know it's being occupied by other forces or not it, it was their land this they've been here for many 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 generations and it's been stolen and their blood has been still spilled on this land uh so that that was interesting so the hawaiian kingdom is actually um filing paperwork to take this place back when you say when this you say place, place were you referring to specifically uh we're, we're leaving off any names so okay. got it um uh, so then another incident I, I hear from a friend, uh, she got together with this women's circle and they're being just really ridiculous and um, near feminist with this uh, a friend from was out, hanging out with her from out of town and uh, she wanted him to ride with them to this place that they're going to do the ceremony at the warm pond. And uh, the, the the one woman really kind of threw a fit about it. No, we're having a woman's circle. He can't ride in the, the car with us because he's a man and all this and that. Um, so, you know, she acquiesced or something and let this guy tag along in the car. And then he went and did his own thing while they did ceremony. So the, this one girl there, there's Hawaiians that were there. And th this is a public space. And they're there, and it was just kind of a family having a nice Sunday afternoon. Uh, had music on, wasn't loud. They weren't being disrespectful or anything. 
And she goes, we're doing ceremony. I'm going to go over and tell them to turn the music off because this is a sacred ceremony. No, oh, yeah, no. Turns out that was private property that that family was on that, that had been in their family for generations. And in fact, the warm pond was made by their great grandfather or something. So it wasn't actually a, a naturally occurring place. It was something that their you know generations had created that place. So she got reamed out. And uh, th then the uncles went over and kind of apologized and said, hey, can we join your ceremony? And, you know, the, the one, you know, my friend, she said, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if Hawaiians want to spin yarn with you or, you know, take part in your ceremony, let them. They have they are a wealth of knowledge. They have so much information, uh, you know, and if they really want to genuinely talk to you and give you information please accept it it's um you know it, they they usually have uh, really good information uh so you know she said oh absolutely but the other two were kind of given uh them the stink eye and being rude and disrespectful and and then at some point in time i don't know what sparked it but they're you know running and uh you know the, the two of them kind of ran off and insisted the third run and she's like no i'm not gonna run and uh, but then on the way out, there's these Hawaiian girls that were cussing at them and they started chanting an ancient curse at them. Yeah, no, you, you, like I said, you need to respect the, the Hawaiian traditions because that curse wasn't just, you know, oh, hand waving. No, they have deep spiritual knowledge. Those, those girls are lucky that nothing bad happened well i mean of course the curse is really bad it, it will really mess things up things will start not going your way you might get really bad health who knows what that curse is intended to do uh but it's real and if you disrespect their culture enough you disappear here uh you, you have people that are doing bad things here people that's why that, you're so much what so that's why you're behaving so much while you're in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, no, I did. You know, no, I mean, I've always. I know, I'm joking. You know, I, to, I'm just messing with you. Yeah. You, you are you shenanigans, but it's always with a good heart. So. Yeah. You know, I, I know where there's the line and I know not to cross it. You know, I, I'll ask a lot of questions. I'll, I'll do some fun and um, jackassed things, but I, I won't. Do anything that is disrespectful and that's the biggest thing uh you know there, there's a difference between fun that doesn't harm anyone and fun that crosses the line and is disrespectful to traditions um nature spirits deities um other things that can really get you in some problems and that that's really uh a big thing here and in australia they have the ability to point the bone now, they're not going to waste the energy, time, or effort to point the bone at Howleys just because they're stupid Howleys. Um, interesting. Do you know the background of where Howley comes from? I don't, but it sounds like a good note to end on. Go for it. Uh, okay, yeah, we can kind of go there. Um, Howley, or Howley, uh, when you add that guttural thing, you know, supposedly there's a difference between Howley, meaning foreigner, and Howley, means without breath. Like aloha is face and the breath. 
Uh, whereas Ha'auli is without breath. So when you had the first Europeans coming here, they're white. They looked like the spirits. So the spirits are without breath. So that's partially where the Ha'auli comes from. And also, uh, the way the Europeans would shake hands instead of sharing breath. They share breath. They put their forehead on each other and you, you share the mana or the energy. Um, whereas the Europeans did not do that either. So that's also why they called them without breath. Interesting. Cool. And Mike was just saying... What you send comes back, boomerang. What goes around comes around type of energy? Uh, I mean, black magic, yes. But if it's spiritual self-defense, well, that's something completely different. And some people who cast curses and things like that, they're aware of that um, when the curse breaks, if it breaks, it's going to snap them back because they always gave the example of a curse being like a rubber band and it's like between you and the other person and it's really stretched out and when it breaks it goes boom so it's not a matter of coming back but when the energy comes back um it, it could be uh, a little bit have a little bit of momentum with it maybe I mean, but what what is the intention behind it though is it black magic or is it a desperate cry for help and a last ditch effort effort hail mary to protect right. your people and land what if the magic is for the person to have an awakened heart and whatever it takes to do that and to take to do that you know causes a little mayhem in their life and then they wake up so was it done totally with the intention of causing um bad things or was it what would it take to wake this person up so that they can see and be aware of what they're choosing whole another yeah. perspective Anyway, anything, any final thought? Because we're at the one hour and 25 minute mark. We never stick to an hour on this midnight thing, which is bad for me because it's like going to be two o'clock before I actually am in bed probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's worth it. And I, I can't tell you how much fun it is just to catch up and everything too. I mean, the, the biggest thing is we need to come together as a rainbow tribe. We need to respect each other's traditions. Don't come into a new land thinking you have all the answers. I've seen it so many times. These people that have some base level spirituality, they come in and they want to tell these Hawaiian uncles how it is and how Hawaii needs to look. Or, you know, they come in and disrespect and erase cultures like the Native American cultures, the Aboriginal cultures. Um and realize that pretty much every culture around the world has been oppressed. Uh, and I mean, it, it's especially in North America, the natives have had had such a big toll, uh, such a heavy toll on them. Their their people have been wiped out, massacred, even on the Hawaiian Islands. Their their population, which used to be huge, got down to two hundred thousand people left in their nations um you know so it, it's yeah we, we can say black lives matter and that that whole thing but it's really about respecting everyone and yes there have been law lines crossed but how does burning down your own house help you if you terrorize your own neighborhood you burn down all the shops then you don't have shops to shop at if you're burning down houses, well, guess what? Your house might get caught down and burned as well. 
that's not the way to go about it. And, you know, not that I'm endorsing any sort of violence, but if you have a grievance with the police department, you need to surround that police department and have a strategic, tactical, military target. Not the, the terrorists go after society as a whole. Terrorists cause as much panic, pan, panic and chaos as they can. You know, so look, look who's the real terrorist causing all this fear and shutting down society with, you know, the fear of a virus that destroyed our country bigger than, you know, a couple of buildings getting knocked down. You think about the impact on the economy and people's lives. We haven't even seen the beginning of that, really. I mean, that we it, it's been bad, but you've recalled it uh, retail apocalypse in the last episode like there's businesses that are never going to recover from right. it and i mean so many small businesses it's really uh sent america into a place it's, it's gonna be very very hard to recover and that was the plan this is a pandemic. there's videos out there that talk about how this was planned how this was an exercise how uh you know they really took uh, an infection and you know let no good you know crisis go to waste that's what um, um magic mike has said that too like what well, planned or not planned when the virus is here don't let a good pandemic go to waste and uh, that's yeah. opportunity uh, yeah. they take uh, advantage of it. that's what i was going for but i can't yeah. talk because as uh, i get more tired my brain starts yeah I, I feel your energy dropping a little bit but um I mean, so that, you know, people started waking up. Wait, the world isn't dead from this virus. Um, you know, what's what's going on? The country's still shut down. Hawaii, you still have to wear a mask to go into any store and you have to wait in these stupid lines and these tiny pens to get in there because being all cramped up in these lines is somehow safer than everybody being dispersed throughout the whole store. And it's it's really ridiculous. There's no active cases on the island. Like none, nobody died in on the big island of Hawaii, none. There are no active cases and haven't been for almost a month. Yet we still have all these restrictions and ridiculousness. So people are starting to wake up and going, wait, that was all for naught. What's going on? Oh, well, that's not working. People are waking up. Let's start a race war. So that guy, as far as I know, as far as I understand, I heard he was arrested and charged with murder. Um, but if if you had to, if you really wanted justice and they did not do that militarily, you know, uh, with a military mindset, they should have surrounded the police station and demanded that guy's head on a platter. Whether you want a lynch mob or what, that would be better than burning down your whole home city. But it wasn't their home city. They were busing in protesters and rioters from other cities. Same thing they did in Ferguson. George Soros funding this whole thing paid to have these people bust in and riot and destroy cities. So we still haven't recovered from the pandemic. So now they're busing in rioters to loot and burn cities down and cause further People, you know, the cities are being evacuated because it's getting so violent. People need to stand up. And this is where the Second Amendment comes in. You know, the, hey, you know, have a neighborhood watch. Everybody comes together, you know, uh, you know, forms like a platoon. They have watch. Anybody comes in. Hey, look, you get a warning shot. You get one warning shot. You don't turn around. Aggressive behavior will be neutralized. Threats will be neutralized. 
that would put it down instantly. And people have done that. I've seen pictures of people guarding stores with AR-15s, shoulder to shoulder, black, white. They're protecting their hometown. And it's not a race thing because I've seen black and white people defending their stores, defending their hometowns. Uh, you know, so when you burn your own house down, you're not doing any good. Why are we why are we doing this? We need to come together and go, OK, law enforcement is getting really heavy handed. You know, this is ridiculous. They're enforcing unconstitutional laws, rules and regulations on us. I mean, the First Amendment was absolutely wiped out. You say something they don't like or <laughs> it gets taken off of, you know, wherever you post it. Yeah, we'll see if our episode stays up. You know? Yeah, we'll you know, uh, who, who knows? Um, you waited and, to the end to say this, so like they they'll probably have stopped watching by fifteen minutes, and they won't. Yeah, we'll get to. <laughs> so I mean, you freedom of religion. You can no longer go to church. They shut that down. You know, whatever type of church it was, you no longer have freedom of religion. You no longer have freedom of assembly. Well, freedom of press. You know, they they have to say what they're being told to say. Even during the last election, they had to run the stories about the candidates through their publicity campaigns. They, they couldn't just run whatever story they wanted. They self-imposed censorship. So we don't have freedom of press anymore. The First Amendment's gone. And now they're coming after the Second Amendment. I, I see now they're trying to pass more gun laws to strip the American citizens of their right to bear arms to protect themselves. And the Second Amendment is not about hunting. It is not about sporting purposes. It is about not even self-defense. It is about militia to protect your homeland against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It is about preventing tyranny. So that is the last systems of checks and balances. We have a um, you know three houses. You know the the Congress, the executive branch, the judicial, legislative, and um, executive branches. Well, they, in theory, can check, hold each other in checks and balances. So if you have one branch that goes tyrannical, you have the others to block it. Well, the last systems of checks and balances in the United States is the Second Amendment. We're going to force you to take vaccines. Yeah, no, I don't think so. We're going to force you to have implants. No, nah, I don't think so. So the American people can stand up. You know, I talk to people in, in Australia and they're like, oh, the Australian people are strong and, you know, they wouldn't go for that. Oh, really? How are you going to stand up to the government there? You can't even own a pocket knife there. Well, I mean, anything longer than a blade that big. No, forget so that. You out of there without getting arrested, Brian. I, I know it was like reverse crocodile Dundee, you know, this Marine country boys in Australia and this, uh, you know, um, you know, generation bubble wrap. And I'm there and they're like, oh, my God, you know, like, I'm, oh, man, I, I went from Australia to Hawaii where you have people still riding in the back of pickup trucks. Do you remember that when we were kids? You just ride in the back of a pickup truck, no car seat. You just. Things are so much more chill. Now we're in generation bubble wrap. You have to protect it, yeah, <laughs> yourself from everything. And that's so true in Australia. There's laws, rules, and regulations against everything there. Um, yeah, it's just really crazy. 
And that fun, uh, that's my, enough, my, my final thought would be to whatever you whatever choose, you to, choose be to be related to, to or in relationship to everything that you're perceiving, try to be pro-peace pro instead of anti-anything. Because you, if you're anti-anything, you're you're really going into the duality of it. And for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So instead of being the polarity on either side, be the space of peace and harmony and see if maybe you can create the space where people can have a different choice and a different possibility. So that would be my my two cents uh, for our final, our final thing. Live, live your life through love. Live your when life you through love. Everyone with love and respect, everything falls into place. Uh, the one uh, Kahuna talks about morals, and you know, like it, it's this whole thing, and unconditional love being the top moral. So when you build up your pyramid, I come at it from a different approach. I say, get unconditional love, then everything else falls into place. If you're living your life through unconditional love, you're going to treat everybody with love and respect. You're, you're going to you know, at, treat the earth, treat the aina, what they call the aina in Hawaii, the land with respect. Uh, Does it, it sound suspiciously like aini? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, the aina yeah. and aini, yeah. Yeah, and that's a divine reciprocity when you're in the balance and the flow with other things and other people. That is an Aini. But if you're always taking, 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 that's a place of imbalance and makes hucha. If you're always giving, 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 but not being able to receive, that creates hucha. So it's always about being in the flow, giving and take, giving and take. So you're not, you're not uh, getting uh, dammed up energetically. And there was another thing I wanted to mention too. Uh, there are, from the Oxford group, there are something called the four absolutes. So whatever you're choosing in your life, if you test it against these four things, it will it, it, it would change the world if everybody did this. Is what I'm going to do, is it loving? Is it honest? Is it selfless? Is it pure? And then if you want to take it to a macro level, was this choice hurt anyone? Or, or will it help everyone? So if you if you don't do anything that would hurt anyone and you only do things that would help everyone on a macro level, you can really shift the world very quickly. Yeah, that's so true. Um, coming up into this new um, method of communication, telepathic communication is going to be you know, more. People are going to be empathic. So when you lie to people, they're going to know. Oh, Pono. I think she's referring to Hope yeah. Pono. Pono. Uh, Pono is right. You know, like right. everything's Pono between us. It, it's Got good. It. It's it's yeah. So that's oh, so that's kind of like ID. okay, cool. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you got to make things Pono. Um, yeah, you know, make your life Pono. Live through love. And, and on that uh, happy note, you're coming up in an hour and forty minutes, Brian. I'm gonna fall asleep while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. No, but seriously, everyone, thank you so much for um, joining us. And we're going to do this again next Tuesday and possibly one other day if we ever pick a time to, to go do this on uh, Brian's channel. And uh, let's see. Oh, we're just getting a heart. We're getting some cool little emojis from everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll be, oh, and also, if you want to go, this will be available um, as an audio file. Uh, by tomorrow. I'm going to be uploading it before I go to bed so that it's going to be an audio file. And you can access all that at stircrazyshamans.com. I'm still doing some of the backlog episodes. I got about 20 more to go. I have to convert from video to audio. And then we're going to have everything in one site. And even now, you can even watch the stream on stircrazyshamans.com. So definitely check that out. And you can see all the episodes there. So it's very good. We're getting all the technology down. Yeah. All right, guys. And again, as uh, 
you know, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Uh, I'm happy to answer anything. And um, oh yeah, and let, what's your let's do a little something? What what is what is your website, Brian? I forgot to I didn't post it at all. Uh, Infinite Love Movement dot org. Infinite Love Movement dot org. So I thought I had it all. Maybe I didn't. Questions and Facebook, Brian Daniel Edwards. Um, or Instagram. I post my pictures there. Uh, which, oh, you didn't post the pictures. You didn't put the pictures up. I, I put the one picture. Well, which pictures did you want me to put up? I put the one up of the. The one of the beaches and sunsets and, you know. Oh, I thought that was just for me. I didn't know it was for it, for this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was sending you some to say so we could share it and share some of the adventure, but no worries. Um, so let's do a little quick something here. Uh, so. I'd like just to send love energy. So if you can reach into your heart and kind of direct it out your hands and direct it to the audience. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, connect with your heart and send love out to everyone there. And it uh, doesn't matter when you tune in. If you just tap into the stream of love, you'll, you'll, you'll receive it, whether you can feel it, uh, whether you can see it. Uh, and, and if you do, share in the comments what you experience. So, awesome. open your heart up and uh, Hope that brings you a sense of peace, love, and tranquility. Absolutely, that that truly is a wonderful note to end on. Yeah. Always love a good pun. But thank you all. Thank you for being with us, and we will see you next week, if not sooner. Aloha. I don't think you spelled that right. Oops. Infinite. F I N I T E. Okay, well, that's not the good note to end on. I'll just take it down. Infinite Love Movement. Or just message me and I'll send you the link if you can't figure it out. Ah. <laughs> All right, guys. But thank you so much, and we will catch you next time. Good Aloha night. and ahui ho, which means uh, see, see you soon. So. Aloha.